0: Hi, I'm Isabella. And I'm Jeff. We're two Asian Australians who want to explore what it means to be Asian in the West.
1: And you're listening to As I Am.
0: So, this episode is a bit of a unique one. Today, we are so excited to be talking about Alice the Cat. As you guys may know, Jeff and I were incredibly fortunate to have written a short story published by the wonderful agency Small Fires just a while ago called Alice the Cat. And this episode today will take in the form of two parts. Firstly, we'll be sitting down with the ever talented Sam Keneally, the illustrator for this story. that will be followed by part two where Jeff and I will discuss the themes and kind of the process of writing the story, especially one that was centered around the theme of new beginnings. So to start off with, we are sitting down with Sam. If you don't know her, she is an illustrator, designer, sign writer, copywriter based on the Gold Coast Australia. Sam, how are you going today?
2: I'm going good. I'm really good. I'm so happy to be here.
0: And we're so excited to have you. I feel like often when I'm reading the story, especially picture books, you never really kind of really grasp like the detail and the work that it really takes to create a story, much less on the illustration size. So I think that's something we really want to discuss with you today. And I think what really brought Alice the Cat to life were just your incredibly beautiful and thoughtful illustrations. So firstly, I'd love to know, How did you go about the illustration process? You know, just as someone who doesn't really have a background in this and Jeff as well, I'd love Mm. to understand the creative process of just beginning to illustrate something like this.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, Um, so after I thought about this myself, I thought it's funny, kind of when you're an illustrator, you're so used to your process that you don't even really think about the steps. So it was quite Mm. fun for me to think back like, okay, like what, did I do in the very beginning? And I think after we sort of found out that we were all accepted, um, I think the first thing I did was I sent you guys a mood board mm. just of like images from illustrators and artists that I just really, really loved. Mainly, funnily, all Asian <laughs> illustrators <laughs> and it. artists. Love it. Um, and yeah, on there, I think there was like a mix of pictures that just inspired me that I thought could get us sort of thinking of like a visual direction because it was a completely blank canvas at that stage. Mm. So yeah, I sent that through and you guys kind of vibed it straight away, which was awesome. And then I think I got like a really rough kind of wireframe from you guys, which was just a few ideas on like the themes of New Beginnings and the narrative. I just, yeah, the theme was sort of like mother and child and all of that sort of thing. So after that, I think once we'd had a little bit of a chat of kind of the direction you guys wanted to take, I did like a paper storyboard, which was just super rough. And at that point, the sort of mother character, which we decided on being like a creature Sort of a visual metaphor in some way, it kind of wasn't locked in. So that very first storyboard, it's kind of just this funny blob. And I think Mm. I remember we were saying, oh, it could be like something abstract or it could look more like a Pokemon. And I think once Mm. he said Pokemon, I was like, yes, (laughs) I can (laughs) see that in my mind. So shortly after that, we sort of settled on the idea of the cat Mm. and um, sort of with that nice. Reference to like a tiger mom mm. identity, but less direct. I think the mm. panther, which ended up being, was like a nice nod to that, but also a bit more enigmatic, a bit slightly kind of less obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I think I liked the way it could start off in that domestic sense as like a domestic mm. cat. And then as the story, gets a bit more intense, it sort of morphs into that really powerful almost domineering like Panther. So I think, mm. yeah, that was that was a cool part of the process when you locked that down, like what we mm. wanted that character to look like. And then after that, I just jumped on my iPad and um, used a program called Procreate, which mm-hmm. is just like so easy because you can pick any brush you feel like and change colors and change textures like a million times. So it's just a great way um, of taking really rough ideas from paper and just making them look awesome really quickly Mm. without any kind of break in that creative process of having to like I remember when you'd have to like scan something into your computer and then like get in Photoshop or getting an illustrator but now you can just like put it on your desk like a sketchbook and just go for it so that's that's what I did and when I did that storyboard I kind of thought you guys would have a lot of revisions and that so it was funny when I sent it through and you were like I love it. That is the artwork (laughs) that we ended up using.
1: (laughs) Nailed it from the get-go. It was just, there's not many words that we could play with. I think the word limit was like less than 500. Um, And obviously for a story, that's not a lot. And so without those words, you really need that visual assistance and that those visual cues to sort of bring it all to life. And I think the moment i saw those first illustrations like that that's it like that makes sense you, your brain just becomes so fixated on it. it's like i don't think anything else could work it's like it's always meant to look like this so yeah it was amazing and, and obviously it's even better to see it now that it's been printed um i think the style of opening it up is also amazing so honestly nailed it on the first go knocked it out of the park so well done sam honestly
0: I'm curious though, I mean, as an artist, is, is it difficult to overcome this notion of perfectionism and how do you kind of know when a product or something that you've created is ready to be sent out or it's it's completed essentially? Like, do you feel like you have those tendencies to lean to that perfection or is it very much something that you just kind of have to get over once you know that you're satisfied with the product that you
2: have? Mm, that's a really good question. I think the perfectionism thing you don't ever get over. Like personally, I don't, it's very rare. And this might be actually one of the few exceptions where I actually like something that I've done. Mm -hmm. It might sound like an exaggeration, but when I make something, it doesn't matter how I feel during the process. Pretty much whenever I get to the end, I always have doubts. Like Mm -hmm. I'm always think, oh, this could be better. And I just see, you know, things that I expect other people to see, but it's, pretty much never the case that anyone Mm. else sees the flaws that you see. So I think as a creative, you do just have to sort of surrender to that and let that go. But Mm. at the same time, I think when you're collaborating with someone, when you know there's going to be revisions, you sort of put out work that feels right. And especially if there's a good flow, you kind of have this instinct that it's moving in the right direction. But Mm. I just always anticipate that there will probably be some kind of feedback, some kind of revisions. So the perfectionism can't really, you can't hold too tightly to that because you really have to just offer it up and see what you get back. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's like positive, then I think that's, you know, that's a bonus because you you feel like, okay, I was moving in the right direction and you can get back into that flow really easily. So mm-hmm. yeah, I guess that's kind of a roundabout way <laughs> of answering no. that question.
1: Um, I think the next thing that we'd be keen to hear your thoughts on is is obviously um, the story is one that is quite personal to us and we, we love the, the theme itself was something that we were really attracted to from the beginning and we wanted to build that story around it. And I guess, you know, were you able to identify with the story and did that influence, you know, your approach to the illustrations at all?
2: Mm, there's sort of two parts to this that came to mind. Firstly, did I relate? I definitely related on certain levels. So I think there's obviously like universal themes within the story. And I think one of the big ones that I saw immediately was just that challenge between like a child and a parent of just misunderstanding each other for so much of your lives, so much of your growing up as a child and then I feel like you reached this certain age for me it was in my 20s and all of a sudden you see your parents as people like mm. oh you've got your own stuff going on <laughs> and you know like you're not just trying to make my life hard like and I feel like that's sort of kind of the climax of that story in a little bit of a way like mm. when they both suddenly see each other for the first time so I definitely related to that and I also feel like I relate to that sense of expectation and feeling like you're never quite reaching it and also how sort of bold it feels to sort of push back against that. Mm. But I guess on the flip side, what I realized through this story was how little I can relate in some ways as Mm. in like I was raised by like my mom who's Caucasian and my white grandparents and like, I feel like it was a bit of a cultural wasteland in a way. Like, it was very free range. Like, there weren't many boundaries, not any sort of clear values in a way. And it just made me reflect, like, I wonder what it would have been like if I had had the influence of my Chinese granddad in my life in some way. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure he passed those values and that culture on to his other children. Um, because my dad was adopted, so he never grew up with his dad, my granddad. So it was really interesting, like, as a way to think on that, would I have those values in my life if that connection hadn't been severed the way it had? So, yeah, Mm. it was like I related on some levels that I guess are sort of universal, but it also showed me just how much I don't have a connection to that kind of way of being raised, all those sort Mm. of ideas and Yeah, I guess just values that end up shaping your life further on Mm -hmm. that you can call on, like I don't know, work ethic, less individualistic thinking, all that sort of thing that I feel like could have been beneficial, but I know it's a double-edged sword. Like I know as the story clearly like explores, it can be suffocating at the same time. So I don't want to sound like I'm romancing it or anything. And obviously I'm standing on the outside. But yeah, that's definitely something that I didn't expect necessarily to think about, but. I found myself thinking about as I was creating the artwork for it.
1: Oh,
0: that's a really thoughtful response, Sam. (laughs) I really appreciate you saying that. Um,
1: I think one of the greatest things that has come out of this process is being able to sort of give the story to to my family and my parents. Um, And it was really, because obviously it's been translated into Chinese and Vietnamese, and it was really interesting watching them read it for the first time i think they like pick it up naturally they're like oh it's like a children's book and like as they're sort of reading it they pick up on what the story is actually about and i just remember my mom at the end being like is this about me <laughs> <laughs> and it was like this initial i don't want to say like anger but it was a little bit of a is this how you see me kind of a deal which is very funny. Yeah,
0: I'm overseas right now. I was like, I can't do that. But I've got uh, your I reckon, I'll, I've got, I've got all your I reckon I'll do that. I reckon I'll do yeah, that.
1: Yeah, I think like sit down with them and watch them read it, which is what I sort of set it up to be. It's, it's, it's a great experience. And then we sort of like talked about it. Um, and I think it was for them, seeing that story being told, I think reaffirms some of the things that we haven't necessarily had conversations about in terms of, the experience of how they raised me and, you know, we've talked about it sometimes, you know, it's like I would have preferred X, Y, Z, um, but obviously it's not a topic that we spend a lot of time discussing because it's it can be a little bit uncomfortable and it's sort of why bring up those negative experiences when things turned out okay. I think they turned out pretty well, but I, it was the first time we sort of spent some time like discussing, you know, elements of my childhood and, you know, hearing it from my parents' perspective because 100%, Sam, I, I agree really in your 20s is when you sort of see them as their own people with with struggles and emotions and baggage and all, this, all these other things that we feel our parents are almost immune from. Uh, I feel like as a child, your parents feel almost invincible, right? But the older you get, the more you realize that they had so much shit going on as well. So it was really heartwarming to use the story as like a gateway to talk about some of those experiences that we shared growing up between, you know, parents and child. Um, so yeah, I think that's been a, a super positive outcome on top of the story itself. It's very cute. So I'm keen to, I'm keen to hear um, what happens with you as well. Um, where'd you share that story? Cause it, it, yeah, I think the first emotion I saw was just like slight anger and I was like, oh, I, I've, I've cooked this. <laughs> I've cooked this
2: did you but, what did you say though did you say yes it is
1: I was like yeah but like not just you it's sort of it's quite a universal experience and all that sort of stuff and then she like got a little bit defensive she's just like oh you know this is this is all I knew and all this other stuff. and then we had a we had a chat about it and it was very cute and then afterwards they were like oh my god you wrote a little story um which is also super cute and it's like yeah I could I gave it to I gave it as a present to my grandpa for his, for his recent birthday. Um, and that, that was a really cute present to, to give him as well. So great, great experience for my part. I've really enjoyed pulling the story together. And I think, you know, seeing it come to life in the receptions has been awesome.
2: Yeah, I completely agree. With so I was just thinking um, that right at the very beginning when we had to sort of submit to Small Mm -hmm. Fires, there was a little box. It was probably the same for writers. There was a little box for illustrators that said talk about your background. And the whole thing with this um, Small Fires publication was people from diverse backgrounds. And Mm. I was actually really even afraid to apply because Mm -hmm. it's this really weird line where I feel like, am I diverse enough? Like, am I taking Mm -hmm. the place of someone else who is more deserving of this platform and like is there someone else whose story you know is more valid and yeah I just felt like that was kind of a challenge for me and it was I guess it was awesome that small fires decided somehow that I was like a good choice and a good fit but yeah I guess I just wanted to point that out that I found that kind of tricky and I think I find that as I get older, I want to do this kind of work more um, Mm. within this community, but it's also always a bit of a push and pull where I'm not sure. Like I never want to take up anyone else's space, but at Mm. the same time, I feel like we all have some kind of perspective that maybe your work can help someone else who feels similarly or has a similar sort of experience. So yeah, that was just the other thing that I thought.
1: I wanted to just add on to that. I think, you know, your experience is is super unique. And I think the fact that you want to explore it and when you share more of the experience of, you know, your family and the roots that you have, I think that's a perfectly valid and an amazing thing to pursue. So go forth is... Is, is my advice. I, I think, you know, obviously you have an amazing talent for for storytelling and for bringing something visually to life. And I think it'd be a waste if you didn't chase all those opportunities. So I, I back you 110%. Thanks, Jeff. That
2: means a lot.
0: No. And I honestly think that even acknowledging your position, I think is a step that not many illustrators would mm. even take. Like, I think the fact that you are so cognizant of the spaces that you occupy or the spaces that you... You know illustrating our creative in I think that's like and that's, I think it's incredibly t- telling of the character so I, I, I totally understand that push and pull you feel but I definitely feel like you can take up that space and you should take
2: up that space. Thanks guys.
0: <laughs> Again thank you so much Sam it's been an absolute privilege to have worked with you and to sit down and have a chat about this because we are so indebted to your incredible talent and the work that you've put into the story and yeah I, I cannot express how grateful we are for the time that you've taken here tonight with us but also in creating and helping to share the story to the world so thank you so much again we really appreciate
2: it thanks so much jeff and isabella it was 100 a dream project so i'm so proud <laughs> to have been a part of it
1: no let's definitely let's definitely do it again um, let's yes! find some other opportunities because that, that was such a fun process um, if you guys have not read the story yet um, it's still available to read online and to purchase a physical copy at Small Fires. i believe we put the link in all our bios um, make sure also to check out sam's work she has an amazing library of work we'll plug all those socials as well so thanks again for coming on sam
2: thanks so much guys
1: Uh, you just heard an awesome short conversation with Sam, uh, the illustrator that we collaborated with on Alice the Cat, the story that we just put out. Um, obviously, she was a natural, I think, from a, from a podcasting perspective. Uh, it, what you won't hear in the edited version, thank you, Allison, is uh, that we actually screwed up a <laughs> lot more, more than she did. So that goes to show you, um, even after close to three years of doing this, haven't necessarily gotten over some of those bumps just yet but I I think you know we wanted to do two parts of this conversation because we wanted to obviously hear about the creative process from Sam's front um but we also wanted to talk a bit more um just Isabella and I about the theme um which was new beginnings and I guess you know question for you Isabella, how does that theme fit within your life right now
0: Oof, I feel like I'm on the cusp of a new beginning, um, mm-hmm. having graduated from law school, currently very lucky now to be traveling, but so jealous. as, oh, you'll get so, that, you'll get so that, jealous. thank you. <laughs> um, but you know, as I approach the new year, um, I'll be starting full-time work, like my first foray into full-time work in corporate, which I'm genuinely very excited for, but I, I can't help but feel as if I don't know as the days tick by especially on this holiday I can't help but feel that I'm like oh my god like mm. this is the last time I'll ever like have this time in my life again oh my god like I need to make the most of it oh my god like every moment needs to be amazing and good and if it's not then it's a waste so I feel like this is double-edged sword where I'm enjoying my holiday but at the same time I have this pressure to enjoy my holiday because I know that once I start work it'll be I guess difficult to have such an extended break which makes me quite stressed um Mm. so I'm trying to let go of that expectation and just enjoy and just be and to just be present so in a very big way I think next year will be a huge new beginning in my life just in terms of starting a new chapter as a full-time worker in corporate world wow how about you Jeff welcome to the dark side finally here I didn't think I'd ever be here but we're here
1: yeah I will say though um, I had a similar feeling because I I took a year off um, before I started work as well to to go travel you can just take the breaks it is a it is a thing and I feel like in the wake of post-covid where everyone's thinking a lot more about employee experience mental health all that sort of stuff long breaks are becoming more and more common Um, just from my perspective in my workplace it's quite common for people now to take like a month off take two months off obviously you won't get paid but you can still take that break right it's like you're not getting you're not getting paid right now it's still enjoyable so it's not it's not going to be the last time you you do it
0: uh oh that's reassuring
1: yeah so so enjoy it enjoy it just enjoy it just enjoy it when are you back
0: oh like middle of jan so two months or so? No, not even. Oh, yeah. Okay.
1: No, it's a month. Middle of Jan. It's yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait, how long have you been gone for?
0: <laughs> I've been gone for a month. Oh,
1: good. I feel like you've been gone for like several.
0: I know. I guess I did Europe too, but there was a yeah. bit
1: of a... Wow, well, Robert in.
0: Oh my God, stop. <laughs> but you know what, though? I think it's also because I've been a student for like seven years now. That's true. I'm so used to the two-month holidays. I think I'll really struggle... With four weeks of annual leave.
1: Yeah, and it's it's not like truly four weeks as well because some a lot of it gets taken up over Christmas. You'll be fine. You you adjust to it. Humans are oh my god, no,
0: this is very very privileged problem. Um, what about you though? Throwing that b- question back at you, how does the theme of new beginnings relate to you right now?
1: Yeah, no, I think uh, new beginnings for me is something that I am actively chasing versus something that will occur. Um, it's something that I want, particularly from just sort of a work perspective. This year has been a really interesting one. You know, at the start of every year around, you know, Lunar New Year, I do always read the Zodiac predictions. And it's something that I, w- I always tell myself to not do because uh, it's like, it's almost like self-fulfilling prophecies, right? You read it, it changes the way you you think about the year and then it it essentially like occurs i've had quite a few good good years and this year year was meant to be a pretty bad year a lot of the time the people that do those predictions predictions, they're like like gurus that have been like a kind of fortune tellery the person's predictions that i read were so accurate it was scary they basically said you will have a terrible June July I had a terrible June July just like true like, I think it was just hiccup after hiccup I think just a bit of a background for people at home I've been trying to find a new job for some time um, and mid-year I applied for a company and it was an incredibly rigorous process like seven interviews plus an analytics take-home exercise and I invested a lot of time and effort into it and just sort of I got a verbal offer and then they sort of marked that they're a tech company uh, and like a lot of other tech companies they were facing through some headwinds and there was a lot of talks around whether or not they needed the headcount and so I got strung along for like a month which is around that June-July time and the role ended up getting axed which actually turned out to be a silver lining. I actually haven't told you about this, but they're actually letting go of 6% of their workforce. Yeah, this, this came about like a week or two ago. So if I had gotten the job, that probably would have been me. So in, in some sense, I dodged the bullet. Around the same time, uh, I went up for a promotion. I didn't get it. It was ambitious. Uh, it was not a lot of time between my last one, but I thought I'd just give it a crack. I felt like I had a strong case. I didn't get it. And so around then I was thinking, okay, I just need to take some time to reset. Uh, and I did. And so it was like, all right, we're gonna head into the rest of the year with a different mindset. Rest of the year comes along and it's just, I just couldn't get my mojo back. I felt like I was always lacking a lot of that motivation that I got. And I think the last two months have been tough. Again, from a work perspective, the projects I've been on, I've been working maybe like 70, 80 hours a week, which I know for some people is potentially standard. Shouldn't be, but um, for me, it's a lot more than I do normally. So my measure of success is how well I can balance all the things that I do. I know I am someone that does a lot of things and, you know, as I am and work and, and training Muay Thai and and how I judge my success of for myself is how well I can balance those things. In the last two months, I've really felt that balance just break apart, uh, and that that's what really screws around with my mental health. And so, lots of work, but you know, coming around the corner, I waited for the promotion outcome again, so I went up again, and I didn't get it, uh, and a lot of that was supposedly the business doing badly, but yeah, there's a, there's a lot around it, but I think compared to the last one, I was, I was really disappointed. Yeah. It was one of those things where you tick all the boxes, you exceed all the milestones. You, there's literally no criteria that they could mark you against. And it still doesn't happen because the fact is outside your control. And it really, it really messes with you. So I immediately started looking for a new job. I had, my last interview for a new job today. And it's also been a very rigorous process and I have just had to dedicate a lot of time with it. So it's just been a lot of time spent trying to change current circumstances, which is why I'm, I'm really looking forward to the new year. I'm really looking forward to a new beginning. Obviously, we need to tie it back to the theme of this conversation. Now I know I've just rambled for a super long time, but I think it's something that I'm chasing because I, I really feel like I need a fresh start. I feel like I'm in a rut. I feel like I need to pull myself out of the environment that I'm in and, and do something different. So, but at the same time, you know, it's not been all bad like this year, like you and I have done some really awesome things. We had Asian futures too. Alice, the cat has been one of the best things that I've ever worked on in my entire life. Like it literally brings a smile to my face just to, just to see it so yeah like what are what are some things that you know you've been really thankful for this year
0: um I, I will get into that but yeah. firstly i think how you feel is completely warranted and i think to feel anything else would be yeah i i i wouldn't expect you to feel anything else so yeah that's shitty that you've had to go through that um but you know i feel like that's the thing about the new year right i feel like the new year always invites some form of optimism regardless of whether or not you believe in new year new me or whatever you know auspicious horoscope you've read I do feel like the the mere fact that we are entering into, into a new year is the first of January 2023 I feel like that always invites optimism in people and I feel like that mm. is so encouraging um, and I hope that you find joy in, in that new beginning and I'm sure you will I'm so sure you will like these things happen right and it's out of your control. So you just make the most of what you can and hope for a better new beginning. Um, I am curious though, like about your horoscope. Have you read it for next year?
1: No, it hasn't. It doesn't come out yet. Actually, no. Actually, no. That's that's a complete lie. Uh, Mum did tell me about my one for next year already. Apparently, if I work hard in the first half of the year, something amazing will happen in the second half.
0: Okay. I I, I I I'm
1: too curious to not know these things, even though I know so much of it is just is just guesswork, and then it just becomes self fulfilling prophecies. But that is what's going to happen for the next one. Um, I love it.
0: That sounds auspicious. Which which sounds
1: sounds great. I've, I'd be down for that. And you know the funny thing about what you just said about the New Year's is I remember you know one of our first episodes this year, when we talked about Lunar New Year. I think I was like, New Year New Me fucking stupid. <laughs> And here, here I am going, now. And here I am now. Just like yeah, new year, new me. <laughs> which, <gasps> which I think is the the, uh, the lesson here is you always you always overestimate what happens in a day, but you always underestimate what happens in a year. And look at us, we've come full circle. Where well, well, at least I am. I'm just like, give me that new year, new me. I'm like, I'm ready for that fresh start.
0: Hundred uh, percent. Um, sorry, to go back to your question though, I feel like in terms of gratitude. 100% I guess the ability to travel but I think more on the as I am front I think Asian Futures was top of my list there um mm-hmm. it was such a privilege to be able to host that this year um it's incredible people in the food industry um but yeah I completely agree with you on Elsa Cat. that has been an absolutely wonderful part of this year and I think such a milestone um for me personally and just in the fact Damn. that like I've grown up reading a lot of books and to be able to kind of actualize that into you know a book I'll be it small was quite meaningful and I think it's also been so humbling hearing the reactions and seeing the reactions not just from people in the Asian community but beyond and I think you know this goes back to what Sam said before about the universality of some themes in that story mm. um, but at the same time the very communal kind of feelings around what it's like growing up in the Asian household. So yeah, that has been an absolute joy to write. And I'm so glad we were able to do that together. So yeah, that's been an absolute privilege. And I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely looking forward to like expanding, hopefully our roots, or well, not our roots, but French our reach publishing. So,
1: publishing. BBC. Watch this space. BBC. I guess like, Watch um, this you know, we're gonna take a bit of time off. Isabel's gonna finish enjoying her amazing holiday. I need a couple of weeks off. Um, I want to give our team, our amazing team, a couple of weeks off just to recharge. It's been a big year. Super excited for 2023. Feel like there's going to be some cool things that we're working on. A couple of things brewing in the background. Um, hopefully we can share those with you soon. So thanks so much for tuning in this entire year. I think we've put out the most episodes this year. We stayed relatively consistent. We, we said fortnightly episodes. I think we stuck to it 85% of the time. So, you know, I, I'll i take that depending on your grade scale. Could be an A, could also be a B. We'll, we'll take the A. We'll take the A. Take an A. Um, a- TBC on the episode schedule next year, obviously, is about starting work. Um, we still need to work, work out what that looks like. Um, but, you know, thank you all for tuning in this year. And, you know, the second shout out is to our amazing team who have made everything possible this year, you know, Anna, Clint, Allison, Delina, obviously Emerson helped us out until mid-year. There was Aaron as well. So thank you guys for all the energy and all the work that you spend um, making As I Am happen. None of this would be possible without you. So a huge shout out to our team as well.
0: Amazing. Honestly, nothing else to add to that. I think that was a really sums up my gratitude for this team and obviously all of you listeners this wouldn't be possible without you so thank you so much for your dedication and um i guess the fact that you give us the time to speak to you and speak at you um and we hope you have a lovely and safe holidays and we'll be back in the soon.
1: and uh we'll see you in 2023
0: Bye. Bye.